complimentary power moves that you can do in the office or on the field or wherever your octagon or dojo of life happens to be. On the house, courtesy of Emerson Dameron, LA's number one avant-garde motivational speaker, if you see somebody you want to get some leverage on and that person asks you if you're having a nice day, say the best day of the rest of your life. They may not like you, but they will damn sure respect you. If you realize that you've said too much and you regret what has tumbled out of your mouth, say to the assembled, I trust you because you are wise enough to keep my secrets. That will shut them up good. This is Emerson Dameron, LA's number one avant-garde motivational speaker and host of Emerson Dameron's Medicated Minutes on K-Chung, kchungradio.org, medicated-minutes.com. I love you personally. Levity saves lives. It's been an interesting year in a lot of ways for you. And at this point, you can say that you've got your wardrobe pared down to pretty much the just the essentials. Uh, it's partly a consequence of moving a lot. You still own a lot of clothes. Uh, they're geographically distributed. Your clothes are in uh, three or four different locations across the country. But as far as the stuff that you actually wear, you're starting to get it figured out. You're wearing clothes that fit you. They look good. You got a few good pieces. Couple of fun t-shirts. And that's the stuff that you wear. That's the stuff that's ready to go. Each item gets worn maybe once a week, maybe every two or three weeks. You've got a rotation. And you've got a look. You're getting to know yourself. And that's nice. You're ready to make an impression. And you're listening to Emerson Dameron's Medicated Minutes on K-Chung, Los Angeles, 1630 AM in and around the Chinatown area of Los Angeles, worldwide on the World Wide Web at kchungradio.org. Site for the show is medicated-minutes.com. I am Emerson Dameron, the host, writer, director, producer, presenter, the man behind the dream at Emerson Dameron's Medicated Minutes, and this episode is dedicated to you. For a little over a year, you have thought about hurting someone. It's a guy. It's a guy that you know, I don't know him, those circles don't overlap. But that's been in the back of your mind that you would like to damage this person. To stop him from hurting others and also, if we're honest, for retribution, revenge. And that part has bothered you. But that hasn't really made things any better. In fact, it has stoked the flame. And you've been thinking, maybe it would be better for you if you forgave this person. But you don't really want to forgive this person. And that's okay. Forgiveness may be overrated. It's rated so well that 
it's unlikely that it's underrated. And this has interfered with your life. It's taken attention that you could have been spending on something else. You've had beautiful days outside, taking a walk. Things are good. Life is all right. And it's been ruined by your thoughts of the revenge that you'd like to take on this jerk that you know. And so you make a decision to let him die in your mind. And let this be the end of it. You're not going to help him but you're not going to watch him. You're not going to launch a first strike. You're not going to hurt him. He's dead to you now. And now that you've got some time and attention to focus on other things, you think about your parents, and specifically you think about your mom, and you write a letter of apology to your mom for all the times you were disrespectful, for the times you took advantage of her generosity, for the times you were dishonest, made it harder to connect, for taking more than you could ever expect or hope to give back. And the letter is painfully sincere. You go into the specifics of the lies that you told to your mom about drinking, about petty crimes, about money, about the problems in your life when she wanted to help. You could have said, this is what's going on and I don't want your help, but instead you covered it up entirely. And then there were times that you relied on her kindness and generosity to survive. You were genuinely sorry for the stress, the grief that you brought into your mom's life. You signed the letter. And you don't send it. You don't tear it up or throw it away but you're not going to send it just yet, and you don't have to. Last week, for the first time, you tried riding a scooter. You've been wanting to get back on your bike again. Last time you rode a bike was many years ago. You got injured. You lost your yen for riding a bike. But you do walk a lot. You're scared to lose your parking space, so you don't drive any more than you have to. You've moved recently, and you want to explore your neighborhood on the ground. You want to be a citizen, a denizen, a resident of this new place that you've adopted as your home. Long walks have been big parts of your days. You've been stressed. You've been working hard. Walking is a relief. And it's healthy. It helps you get in shape. It helps you grow some grit. And riding a bike again will help you go further and explore a little bit more. It'll be better exercise. And as you're biking one day, you remember what a relief it was to kill that guy in your mind so you didn't have to hate him anymore. It was nice. It was good. You think about somebody else that you haven't talked to in a while, and there are reasons that you've not talked to this person in a while. 
And you think it might be time to reach out and offer this person a very belated apology for the time that you lashed out in anger when you were frustrated with this person because you knew this person was right. You knew this person was doing the right thing for themselves, for protecting their boundaries, for handling their business, and ultimately for you. Of course, you did not see it that way at the time. You were young. You were a young adult just coming to terms with your childhood. And you forgot everything that this person meant to you in the heat of that angry moment. You forgot how they helped you nurture your interests. How they were good to you and supported you and put you on when it, when it mattered, when nobody else would. And maybe that made you a little uncomfortable. Maybe a little bit of resentment built up. Maybe you didn't examine that. Maybe you were ungrateful. Anyway, you freaked out. And that person was an adult about it, but they made it clear that this was a breaking point and that they didn't want to see you for a while until you found a new outlet, some better way of handling the stuff that was coming up, knowing that that's what you needed and knowing that what they needed was a break. So when you get a chance, reach out, say you're sorry, offer amends, offer gratitude for that and for everything. You've been wondering if maybe you should have a life philosophy if you should have an elevator pitch, if you should have a brand. You know that you must stand for something. You just haven't spent a lot of time recently thinking about what it is. Is it the creativity that drove you when you were younger? Is that still salient? Is it the hard work you've done in the last few years to... uh, patch up the vessel to keep going? Is it personal growth, battling your personal demons, handling your business like you have? Is that what you stand for? Intellectual honesty, humility, integrity, and never forgetting that you only know that you know nothing. Are those the values that drive you ahead? You could say, if you only know that you know nothing, that's a lot like knowing nothing, but it's not quite the same thing. It's complex, and you're not afraid of complexity. Maybe that's what you stand for. Or generosity, reciprocity, mutual respect, credit where credit is due. Do you root for the underdog? Are you kind and charitable? Do you have strong boundaries? And if so, do you defend them? Do you eschew those among us who may be abusive or disrespectful? What is it that you stand for? Honesty is a good one. Being impeccable with your word. Because when you are honest, the world is your memory. You are drawing upon facts to make your case and to be who you are. And you may screw this up a lot, especially if you've been in the habit of dishonesty, which maybe was something that served you at the time. Maybe you needed to fudge the truth to get through the day. But you now see things more clearly, and you know that you don't need to do that anymore. 
now that you're surrounded by people who support you. Or if not, then that's what you're working toward. When you hear things come out of your mouth that don't feel true, you're not afraid to correct yourself. And you're around people who respect that and who will do it for you if they need to. The truth will out. The truth will be known. You make every effort to be honest, to stick to your scheduled commitments, to keep your word, because the more you do that, the easier it is for you to trust yourself. And you enjoy the relief of getting things done, doing what you said you were going to do, Sometimes getting off the hook anyway because the engagement falls through or the other party flakes. Giving yourself the honesty that you owe yourself. Simplifying your life through honesty and integrity. Enough to make it interesting. These are all things that you do. Now that you've simplified your life enough to make it interesting, now that your life is simple enough that you can enjoy complexity, what are you going to do? What will be your work? What will you create? You are an artist like it or not everyone is some kind of artist some are deliberate some are unconscious there are outsiders and insiders you're an artist congratulations there's nothing you can do about it you are an artist and you are stuck that way so what are you going to do now what kind of dung of life are you going to turn into fertilizer what are you going to do with all that pain and uncertainty what are you going to create what are you going to ship what is the message that you have for others in the world it's nice if you can make a nice living doing your art maybe you will maybe you won't some do some don't It's best if you do the work that it's is its own reward. And it's always good to be looking at new channels, to be diversifying your portfolio, to be observing and seeing things as they are at all times. So that you have more interesting things to say. Maybe do some travel explore new formats and be an artist and you may feel empowered you may have power in the world you may choose power or it may find you perhaps now power feels horribly distant to you Maybe that will continue for a while. Maybe you need to get more hashed out career-wise. Get your finances in order. Save. Invest. 
Maybe it's simple math. Maybe you just need to get out there and uh, override your own procrastination, your own social anxiety, which could be perfectionism. It could be resentment toward others for the expectations that you think they have, which really are none of your business. Maybe you need to set and defend some personal and professional boundaries so that you can have the kind of life that facilitates the kind of power that you want to have so that you're well-rested and can use it responsibly. Maybe you need to face uncomfortable truths so that you can get some practice doing that. Get in your reps and then help others do it as well. Maybe you need to find the others. Maybe you need a team. Collaboration could be valuable. Maybe you need real love in your life. Mainly, you just need to stick with it. And don't be afraid to ask for what you need or want. It's easier to ask for what you need. But if you don't ask for what you want, you will probably not get it. So practice doing that. If you're hurting for money, figure out who has it, what you can do for that person, and ask. Make some bones, some scratch. Circulate your work. Make sure that people who love it are going to see it. Get some serious help. Getting some serious people to check out what you're doing. The point is to take the risk to make the ask, as they say in the business world, to lay it on the line, lay it down, and to go for it. And I know you can do this. I've seen you do it before. It just takes some courage. And jumping when the moment is right. As part of your commitment to personal integrity, you've resolved to make every effort to meet your own needs before requesting help from another. You enlist another's help only when matters of personal well-being or safety are involved, or you've made every reasonable effort on your own. Before you submit your work, you make sure that it's good. Before you talk to your therapist, doctor, lawyer, or another healing professional, you work on hashing out your own stuff. And rather than asking for a lifeline, you use what you've discovered in your own explorations. You cook your own food. You make your bed, and you ask yourself, how could I do this instead of asking the next person to do it? And this means when it is time to ask for help, it's because you need it, and people are glad to offer it to you. They know that you have much to offer in return, And just helping someone with that kind of personal integrity has an extra layer of built-in reward. And you're not afraid to ask for that help when you need it, because when you need it, you know you need it. And you know you're not in the habit 
of depending on other people. You know that you're willing and able to take care of your own business when that's what's in order. And you've had the practice of taking care of your own business well enough to know A, what is your business and what's not and B, what you can handle and what you need help with. I guess that could also be A, B, C, and D. A, your business. B, not your business. C, things you can handle. D, things you need help with. You got all of that stuff down. And that's good. And it feels good. Living in integrity feels better than living out of integrity. And because you're honest with yourself, which in some ways is harder than being honest with other people, being honest with other people is good practice for being honest with yourself and vice versa. See how it all fits together. Because you are honest with others, with yourself, and just honest, period, you're well aware that there is a wealth of topics on which you are thoroughly ignorant. You've dabbled in some modalities, but don't know not much about the underlying philosophy, and that's okay. You uh, root for underdogs out of habit, And you can kind of see who's got it better and who's got it worse in society. And you'd like to see things be more equitable. You'd like to see everyone be in the place where their opportunities are maximized. However you think that might work. But you know that uh, most of your opinions on society and politics are not all that well informed. And that you would not be able to cogently defend most of them. And that's really okay. You don't need to be an expert unless you do need to be an expert. You've read a lot. You've traveled a bit. And you've thought in some depth about the world. But compared to some people, maybe it's not that much. There are others who have read more, traveled more, thought in more depth and more breadth about the world. And you try to spend time around these folks. You try to learn from them. Some other people have not read as much traveled as much or thought in as much depth or breadth and you don't hold that against them you share what you know and maybe that helps you try to keep a good mix of the people who know things that you want to know and the people who want to know the things that you know and you try to be affiliated with different groups to achieve social parallax Because the more different groups that you're affiliated with, the more different perspectives on the world are open to you. And the more that you can learn. But compared to how much there is to read, you have not read very much at all. There's too much reading for you to realistically do any meaningful fraction of it all in one lifetime and you're at peace with that and you haven't traveled that much compared to the possibilities for travel I can think of one gentleman who has traveled to every country on earth that's pretty impressive But he didn't spend a whole lot of time in some of them. There are villages and forests and beaches and cacti and skunks and squirrels 
and worms all over the world that this man will never see. And neither will you. And that's okay. You've traveled extensively where you are. Because you've thought in some depth. Although you know that with the body of knowledge that's already been put together in the libraries and databases and all the other things yet to be known and understood even by our greatest scientists, researchers, and poets compared to all that you haven't really thought that much in that much depth or breadth and that is okay Sometimes you understand what you need to know about a topic, and sometimes you misunderstand it. Perhaps you've been misguided by the exploration that you've done. You know that that's a possibility. And you're able to ease up on yourself. You're honest, you're curious. You're open-minded in the truest sense. You're able to take in new information and readjust your priors. And you're able to rest, to sit at peace as one moment flows into the next. Not angry, or resentful toward yourself or others for having an imperfect understanding of an imperfect and nearly infinitely complex world. And you're okay with all of that. You're able to ease up. You're honest. You're curious. You're open-minded in the truest sense of the word. And you only know that ultimately you know nothing. And you're able to ease up. You're able to be okay with that. And know that you are already okay with that. And you'll always be okay with that. Lately, you've been bothered by age-old resentment towards someone. Someone who hurt you. Someone who betrayed your trust pretty badly. It's not the guy from earlier. This is somebody else. Somebody you were involved with in a little bit more extensive a fashion. And you don't want to forgive her either. But so far, she is not dead to you. You've uh, swung and missed at getting her out of your psyche. Do you have to forgive her? Would that make her go away? Maybe it's worth trying. I'm not anti-forgiveness. Never let that be said. You could try forgiving her. Maybe that's what will work. Maybe that's what you need. Maybe that's what both of you need. I don't know. I don't know her either. I know who she is. I know of her. I only know of your relationship from your side. And it doesn't sound great. It does not sound rewarding or sustainable. So you can forgive her if you like. Again, I'm not averse. You could also just try realigning your view of this person. Realize that it doesn't make sense to trust her the way that you used to. 
understand that maybe you are trying to have it both ways. You want the version of that person that you thought was in your life back. But you know that what you need right now is to accept that that was a person that existed in your mind. That was not the person with whom you were engaged in reality. The person in reality is different. And you have to update your belief Maybe multiple beliefs that you have about this person. Maybe you've done that before. Maybe you're accustomed to it. Maybe you see her making some efforts to change. And maybe you honor that, even if it's not really working. But it's starting to dawn on you that there's not much you can do by remaining in this entanglement that's going to make things any better. It's still going to be bad. It's going to be, one might say, toxic, not sustainable, not conducive to other things that you need to do, not uh, a situation where you can trust that your boundaries are going to be respected. Maybe you're going to have to be defending your boundaries at all times. Of course you're going to have to defend your boundaries, sometimes against well-intentioned people. That's why we have boundaries. If everyone respected your boundaries at all times and just understood what they were without you telling them, then you wouldn't need to understand them. The world could not hurt you, and we know that that's not how things are. So... You've set up your boundaries, you've defended them, which is de rigueur when you establish boundaries, especially if you have not established those boundaries definitively in the past, you're going to have to defend them, and you've done that. And she keeps coming at you. She keeps uh, bringing battering rams and tanks and just not respecting your boundaries at all and sometimes she gets through and if you call her out maybe she goes back and makes some effort to change and maybe it seems sincere maybe uh, you want to look on the bright side and give her credit for trying and that's all great but it's not your deal anymore And you don't have to forgive her. It's okay if you don't. You've realigned your view. And now it's time to focus on your own healing from this. And that requires some distance. That requires uh, being able to disengage, willing to do that if that's necessary. Forgiving her too soon might impede that. So, let's be real. You need to heal. And uh, in order to do that, you've got to get your own space. And of course, space is infinite, so why would you need more of it? Maybe you don't need more space. Maybe you just need to uh, move things around a little bit. That might be what's required in this situation. And it's okay if you're mad. If you're not mad, you're crazy. And I could even say that some depression and anxiety is part of a normal read on our current circumstances in the world today. And this person betrayed your trust. Anger is a reaction that you might have to that. And you might still love her too. You might love who you thought she was. You might love some of the memories that you have from the time that you spent 
which was not misspent. That was the time of your life, and you got something out of that. And your commitment to honesty will help that reveal itself over time. But right now, if you can't trust this person, you can't forgive this person, this person that used to be such an important fixture in your life, then maybe it's not you who screwed that up. Sometimes the other person screwed up. Sometimes other people can screw up repeatedly. And sometimes you can see the best in them and allow them to keep doing it. And perhaps you are waiting on a full confession or apology from this person. And maybe it's better for you if you give up on getting that. And just say, here it is, here I stand, I'm moving away because it's over. Look for those green lights to move on. Acknowledge the damage done. And don't take any more disrespect. Get real with yourself and get real with knowing that not everyone around is going to be real with you. And some of the people that aren't real with you will be networked with other people that aren't going to be real with you. And you don't necessarily want to be part of that group. Or at least you don't want to invest in it in a way where you're investing investments that you can't afford to lose. So make sure you are able to get some time to chill. Get some time to heal. Don't forgive too soon. Make sure that you make room so that you're able to heal yourself and forgive yourself. And then perhaps, if the forgiveness of the other party is forthcoming, then your capacity for that will be come known to you over time because the world is small and life is long and it's full of surprises but you also end up running into the same people over and over again and you never really get away with anything and neither do they make sure you're able to rest possibly cathart if needed rigorous exercise could be good for that maybe get back on the bike again and heal would ever happen again but you're glad it's happening again because you feel inspired finally it's coming and it's so easy once you get started doing the work that you do you're amazed at how well it's going how easy it is for you to just do the damn thing. It is such a relief. This shipment of love has finally arrived for you. And you are in tune with something. Bigger pieces of music than yourself. You're part of a symphony. And you're ready for your solo at the spotlight moment. You will be part of the culture not the commentary there have been times when you sniped from the sidelines and you feel some shame and regret over that but you're able to let it go because you were learning you were growing you were getting better some of it was fun at the time 
But now you're ready for something else. You're ready to step up. You are happy to step up. Maybe you're a little bit scared. If not, then... It doesn't really matter to you. And it does, so you're a little bit scared. And that's okay. You can use that. You can raise the stakes. You can ramp it up. You can lean into the resistance that you feel to a challenge. You can read the classics. You can think bigger on a bigger scale, on a timeless other plane that you want to be on, that you want to work on, that you want to play on, that you want to forget the difference between work and play on. You can develop new habits. It's already happening. Whatever you're doing habitually is becoming a habit. And now you're ready to claim some agency over that. And you're ready to behave more actively. And you're ready to sit and let the thoughts churn for a while until the churning dies down and then you can listen and hear and ask yourself where is my heart taking me? And you'll know which of the ideas you're kicking around were just experiments and which ones you must pursue. Because if you want to see something in the world and it's not already there, you have something of a duty to create it yourself if you're able to do so. And if that's part of the flow that you're learning to find yourself in. Some of the best ideas at first may seem selfish, self-indulgent, and silly. And I don't know about you, but to me that sounds like a fantastic and excellent way to transmute some of your anxiety. So try it. Make a list of ten ideas. Find one that is meaningful in some way that might be useful to pursue but also has an element of the ridiculousness of the capriciousness to it of some frivolity that makes it fun and do that thing do the damn thing try it see how it goes will you be angry and frustrated at times Almost assuredly. Will you be greatly inspired? Perhaps. I, for one, hope so. I could use your inspiration to help me keep going. Maybe you felt weak this week. Maybe you've felt some shame for the ways in which you're not engaging with the world. Maybe you felt some shame for the ways in which you are engaging with the world. Maybe you've wallowed in self-recrimination over the minor things that you've screwed up. Maybe minor things have built up over time into a major depression. Maybe you're feeling so anxious that you seek out depression as a relief from the anxiety. Maybe you feel overwhelmed with bad options. And maybe this will help. Maybe this will help you get inspired. Maybe this will catalyze the inspiration that's already there. Maybe you're optimistic. Maybe not. You know what? You don't have to be. Give it a try. 
sit at peace. Whether you're feeling inspired or not, whether you're feeling strong or weak this week, it matters a little. Sit at peace. Let the thoughts churn and spin as they will. And when you've given yourself that time to let all of that happen, then uh, simply ask yourself, where is my heart leading me? Into what adventure am I called? What healing am I compelled to do? In what ways can I better care for myself to put myself in a position to represent, to care for others? And it may not come right away. You may need a, another bigger shipment of love. And that may be well on the way or not. It may have gotten held up. And that's all right. It's okay to not be okay with that. And you are ultimately okay with that. And you're able to ease up to take strength in your own integrity enough to embrace complexity, fluidity and the knowledge that you only know that you know nothing which is not quite the same as knowing nothing but there you go life is complex full of poetry and paradox and you're ready for that. You are that. And you're generous enough of heart and of spirit to give yourself the time to relax, to let go, and to be that. To be in that. To feel that. And that's what it's all about. To the extent that it's all about anything. And maybe you don't feel inspired right now. But you've been inspired before. I know you and I know this. And you'll make room and time and whatever you need this circumstances and the conditions and everything else and you'll be inspired again and you'll be okay with that Sometimes all you need to do is get out of the danger. Are you in the danger? Maybe you know, maybe you don't. Maybe you've been in the danger for so long that you don't even recognize it any longer as such. So in that case, you would know that from taking the opportunity and the time and having the inquisitiveness to recognize that you're in the danger. And that is no small feat because being in the danger for a long time will wear down your inquisitiveness. You will come to distrust yourself and your own instruments and you may not get out of the danger right away. You may miss opportunities to get out of the danger. You may be waiting for times to get out of the danger 
when it's more convenient or when you think you can get out of the danger without antagonizing the people who might be creating the danger or at least are not helping you make it any better. You got to get out of the danger. You could feel the fear and then get moving. Sometimes that is all it takes. Sometimes you'll just be sitting in the danger and you won't know it's the danger. You'll be so tuned out of that part of your awareness that uh, you'll be totally numb and what would normally clue you in to the fact that you're in the danger will not be happening. Sometimes you just have to recognize that maybe it's the danger and maybe I don't realize that it's the danger and just get out of the danger. That's what matters. That's what you gotta do. If you're in the danger, get out of the danger. Go sit on a beach, breathe. Maybe you think you're accomplishing something by staying in the danger. Maybe there are people who are incentivizing you or so you think to stay in the danger, to try to sweat it out. See what happens if you get out of the danger. See what happens if you take a 30-minute break from the danger. Give yourself 30 minutes or 20 minutes to see what it's like outside of whatever hothouse you might be in. And you might like it so much that you decide not to go back. And in that case, congratulate yourself. Because you got out of the danger. Maybe there's some aspects of the danger or the molasses or whatever situation that you're in that you find convenient. Maybe you have sought out anxiety as a relief from depression or as a way to define yourself or you've sought out depression as a relief from anxiety or as a way to define yourself and maybe you've succeeded in catching it. And maybe you think that you need to be unhappy for people to help you. That could come from getting in the habit of asking for help when you don't really need it yet. And that's nothing to beat yourself up about. Maybe you think that your suffering serves a greater purpose. I'd say that there's a good chance that it doesn't. Maybe it saves you the trouble of taking risks. Maybe it keeps you feeling safe and small. Maybe that's become a key part of your self-identification over the years. Maybe it's gotten to the point where it's time for total transformation. Or maybe there are things that you can do in increments to start getting yourself out of there, to get unstuck. Maybe you can reframe, rethink what it means to be successful. Update your priors based on the new lay of the land. The game has changed. It's always changing. Maybe the things that used to seem like they mattered didn't matter, or maybe they did. Maybe they don't anymore. Maybe you're lonely. Maybe you need some support. What are your values? And importantly, what do you want? What do you need to get so successful that you resent your own success, that you see what it's really like, and you're one of the beautiful people? Getting what you want, load after load of it. What then would keep you going? What would matter? What is its own reward? What remains true when you stop believing in it? 
what relationships matter. What are the missing ingredients now? What does kindness feel like and look like and sound like and smell like and taste like? What are you resisting? What's persisting? What do you want? What do you need? Who do you want to be? this time. And what is your heart telling you when you're able to relax, to ease up, and to remember once again that you only know that you know nothing? You've been listening to Emerson Dameron's Medicated Minutes on Keichung, Los Angeles, kchungradio.org worldwide on the World Wide Web. You can listen there. The dedicated site for this show is medicated-minutes.com I'm Emerson Dameron, the creator, the host, the writer, the producer, the director, the presenter, the talent behind Emerson Dameron's Medicated Minutes. I'm solely responsible for its content. The loop-de-loops that you hear in the background were created by Chris Rogers. Everything else is by me. My name's Emerson Dameron. You've been listening to Emerson Dameron's Medicated Minutes, made possible by Kate Chung. Levity saves lives. <laughs>